0: Hey, folks, it is Stephen and Brad for Going Off Track. Jonah is out on tour, and by out on tour, we mean laser hair removal. It takes him <laughs> a long time to get all of those hairs plucked from all of those follicles on Jonah Bear. Jonah Bear, not on tour with United Nations. Jonah Bear, laser hair removal. <laughs> Mike Kanjemi, our other hairless host, is off moving and probably working on some giant piece of production for NBC or something cool like that. So it is just Brad and I this week, and we bring you an interview that we did with Benny Horowitz, the drummer from the Gaslight Anthem. It's also in the band Spiro Agnew and probably one of the funniest, coolest people we've had here on the podcast. And I don't say that lightly. Uh, Were you a fan of Gaslight Anthem?
1: Yeah, not... I mean, I didn't really listen to much of them, but I was definitely aware of them. And mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, they're a great band.
0: Yeah, for sure. Very good. And those EPs they put together are phenomenal. They're one of those bands that... You know, have that experience when you see a band, it's one of my favorite things. You've never heard them. You know nothing about them. You might not even have gone to see that band. Right. Like, who the hell is this? Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've not forgotten about the headliner. Right. Yeah, that's awesome when that happens. And that's... I thought that i had seen those guys at some point, but I actually think i'm thinking of a different band um but yeah that's a magic moment
0: they play a lot and and benny's one of those dudes that hammers the drums yeah or as I like to say plays correctly
1: yeah Does... he definitely gets props from me for uh saying all the right things about drummers, <laughs> <laughs> about drummers. Well, once sh- again calling this an educational program listen carefully drummers
0: if you're a drummer listen to what benny's saying and do what he says just do it without further ado, Benny Horowitz of the Gaslight Anthem. It's going off
2: track. <laughs> now here it is. Now I feel like I'm under the gun. Yeah, nah. feels yeah, the like the lights are down. It's like Breaking Bad. <laughs> I feel like Jesse. You're Hank. <laughs> so I'm dead. You're Gomi. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Welcome ah. to going off track. Thanks. I'm glad to have come here. The disembodied voice you hear is Benny Horowitz from the Gaslight Anthem. And Spiro Agnew. Yes. It's true. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are a fun drummer to watch and uh, you even a more fun person to talk to. I remember when I saw Gaslight was the basement of Siberia. Oh, yeah. And it was opening for Against Me. Against Me. me and i like accosted you afterwards and went who are you what are you about give me something and you're like we got these demos we're selling for two bucks and i was like here's a five give me the last two nice and i have no recollection of, of course this. not
3: i wonder if you remember this my old band the love code played with you guys at asbury lanes and then you said we could stay at your house and gave me your number which was super nice and we just met you and we ended up not doing that wow and there was like no one at the show Jesus, I have no recollection of of this either. We stayed with Joe Oz. Oh, you stayed with Joe? Yep. That's a good guy to stay with. Yeah. You didn't want to make the trip to New Brunswick? Yeah. No, man. Joe had like some condo. It was super nice. It was was a good setup. Yeah, they got those condos down there. I had a crappy punk house. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that probably would
2: have been good too. It was fun. That was a good house. Enjoyed myself. Do you still live in a punk house or have you... (laughs) No, I'm like like straight domesticated now. Yeah? Yeah, I am. I can't play. <laughs> yeah. Like live with my girl Live with my dog I'm yeah. like you know buying topsoil On the weekend and sheetrocking rocking And you, all sorts of stuff You like, know
3: every person that sleeps there It's not just random strangers on no. The floor. no
2: I'd be not stoked if that happened now <laughs> But that's what's cool I mean I had all those years in places like that And like so it feels good to kind of have Like that straight home base now You know like Come I don't on. have to hide Shit in closets and I don't have to like feel sketched out. I lived with drug dealers for a long time. Not like gnarly, you know, New Jack City drug dealers, but you know, you're run of the mill pot and raver drug kind of kids sometimes and that gets annoying, you know? A lot of random people stopping by. Yeah. Got broken into once <laughs> and because of that and uh, that stuff's no good. No. And then I got duped at that house in New Brunswick. Kid moved in, I knew he was a seller and I was like, yo, I'm not trying to be around that much anymore. Like, it's just kind of annoying. You know, like, mad random people in the house. And he's like, oh, I don't do that anymore. Don't do that. And like a week later, full on operation going on. (laughs) And listen to this. The kid was so shady. (laughs) He would keep his pot in bell jars. And every day, he would open them a crack and go. (laughs) And like, huff moist air into it to add water weight to his wheat. What a sketch ball.
1: Did Obviously he brush his that teeth can't work?
2: <laughs> I, you know what? I was always watching him do it. I'm like, yo, you're just clowning yourself, dude. Like what a waste of time. And he's like, nah, 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 man. Adds weight. Adds weight. Adds <laughs> yeah, weight. Right. Okay. Obviously
0: a member of Mensa
2: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's a weird kid. And then, you know, it'd be odd if he listened to this podcast, but I'm not saying anything that's not true. Um After we lived with him He started getting into something called Little big cats Where he was like gonna breed Like domesticated like (laughs) bobcats And
0: shit like Uh. that like a savannah
2: was that when you yeah. were
3: like oh this is after you guys moved yeah like here. right oh, yeah. after he moved you're like what's right? going on he's like well i got this new thing i'm working on
2: it was like yo little big cat son like this is coming you know ah! yeah it's like can you
1: the- domesticate a
2: bobcat I, you know what recently i was telling this story and i was like you know is that shit even real and so i googled it and this is real they're like these and honestly i would not have How those they... things live in my house like no. they look like Mini jungle cats, like they're kind of scary looking. Are they
1: bred with cats? Yeah, they're called I, the, the
0: big breed is called a Savannah. You know about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. And it's because you're a wealth of knowledge. I He's know, a cat guy. I know so much about so many. Uh, Savannas <laughs> are fantastic because they're bred from from an African wildcat, but they're knocked down like three or four generations. And I learned about it because my aunt was a vet tech, and she's like, "You ever heard of this cat?" And I'm like, "No." And she said, "We had a, a cat that came into our." Uh, vet office, and its name was School Bus, because the cat was a giant, and they, they start, like a small one is about 25 pounds, and you can walk them they work well on a leash. They don't mind water, and they, they literally like act like dogs. But they're these giant cats. I'm gonna go walk
3: school bus. Yeah, I'm gonna go walk school bus. My cat to the pool. Is that the truth? Or are you lying about that? No.
1: Oh, oh man, You waited for that. I saw oh, The
0: gears <laughs> clacking. That's, That's phenomenal.
3: That's like the like the Andy Richter drop you just did.
0: <laughs> that was like that was nice. <laughs> but you have the trick with those is you have to get them. They have to be. You have to breed the wild out of them, which sounds just like a horrific so process. Mean. So <laughs> it's, mean, It's a horrible thing. <laughs> Some Gattaca shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, We're going to crossbreed uh, you with your kids until they're just completely docile. Yeah. And then, but it's supposed to be... And, it's
2: coming, isn't it? Isn't it the days of this coming? The days of the
1: little big cat. You know, well, little big cat's just little, the beginning. Little, little <laughs> <right>. <laughs> you know, with you the got ligers, down with
2: and the then sli- soon yeah. you're going to be able to <laughs> order your kid to... Sp- you know specifications. Yeah, be like I want one that's six two, blonde hair, oh, right. athlete. It's true. Right. Going to be coming. able to do it. It's coming it's sooner coming. than
3: sooner than we think. But I'll be warming
2: my hands over a burning barrel before I fucking get <laughs> down with that shit. I'll be on the other side of that fight for sure. I'm moving back. Benny's moving back to a cave. Fuck it. I mean, I never lived there. I don't know if my people even came from caves. I'm like European Jew, I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> Not a cave-dwelling <laughs> people. A cave. <laughs> I mean, maybe way back, you know, I don't know. Apparently, there is some Sephardic in my lineage. Oh, yeah? Are you an Ashkenaz
0: or a Sephardic?
3: I have no idea, man. Really?
0: Yeah, I don't Where
2: know. Where is your
3: descendant tree from? I think from? like Is that up. a real word, Stephen?
0: Descendant uh, tree? We have, we have the equipment in the room to find out. Did
2: I just Jesse Jackson that thing? <laughs> 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 Let's
0: take it out. Um, descendant tree. If you separate it to your descendant's tree, then yes.
3: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think like Russia and Poland, that
0: area. That's
3: Ashkenazi, Ashkenazi.
2: usually. Okay. But my my Polish side, though, had like a touch of Sephardic, I was told. Okay. Yeah.
0: And where's Sephardic from?
2: That was like more Northern African, Middle Eastern, you know. The darker of the Jews. We mm-hmm. have no descendancy. No, descendantry. no dis- void on descendantry. you
1: Want to get descendancy <laughs> <laughs> while you have a chance? <laughs>
2: they add new words
1: every
0: year to uh, Webster's.
2: True,
1: <laughs> and they
0: change definitions. They change literal. They change that definition. This really, really, because people use it incorrectly. People all use literally wrong, and I apparently was using it wrong my whole life. It's like, yeah, literally, this happened. No, it's not how it means. But they changed it to mean that. Like when they really? oh, Yes. Huh? Literally, they—they they literally changed it. So
2: now you're allowed to use that because they changed the definition. Yes. Mm-hmm. But prior to them changing it, you were wrong
0: completely. That's it's odd. like people who say it's addicting, which is the wrong way of saying something's addictive, not addicting. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. Drop that. We're gonna breathe some moist air into that and see how. <laughs> see see how if it, it grows some see weight. See how it flows. <laughs> when do you start playing drums.
2: Uh. Oh, quick, quick turn like that. <laughs> Join. I joined, like, school band in fourth grade on, like, snare drum. And then I got my first kit around, like, fifth or sixth grade, which I guess is,
3: for me, was probably, like, 11, 12. <laughs> you 11. S- you seem like someone who probably was always naturally kind of good at drums. Like, watching you play, <sighs> it seems that way to me. I don't as know. As someone like, who's not that. I guess, I guess drums, in a
2: way, like, came sort of easy to me but just in the way that i think working on them is really fun you know like just like i forget the that famous quote though that you're not supposed to pursue anything that feels like work you know i didn't know that at the time but it happened like that you know i love sports and i still love sports but i sucked at him at the time i was kind of like i was a little off in school like you know friendly guy but like didn't really fit in kind of like anywhere you know and like I found something in drums, you know And I loved rock and roll already because of Because of my mom and like And the shit like that, so I was I was sold on that like rock and roll dream like Pretty young What
0: What about your mom got you into rock and roll?
2: Uh, she was just like She, she was a pretty uh, obsessive person Like when she got into something And when i was i forget exactly what age but you know somewhere around the late 80s she just got like way into rock and roll classic rock and collecting records she became like a collector and it became like a massive obsession where she would go to record shows on the weekends you know like and most of her uh, collection was Queen. Like she was a huge Queen fan. Member of the Queen fan club called Queenies, <laughs> and they would like pen pal with other Queenies like around <laughs> around the world. Like you know, handwritten letters with each other. When I was like ten, we drove her to Cincinnati for a Queen convention at like Holiday Inn out there, <laughs> and like um, so I was raised. And that was also along with like Zeppelin, who purple joplin like guess who like just no she doesn't like the guess who actually but uh, fuck those canadians but that kind of scene <laughs> yeah you want to go no i like the i like the guess who i'm just, you just threw all this negativity into my story yo sorry no, I'm i, I retracted
0: <laughs> I retract, I retract, <laughs> retract for all of our canadian listeners of sephardic descent
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah like um so you know and she took me to like she took me to see rush when that was my first concert when I was like ten, it was Russian Mr. Big or no eleven. And uh that
0: the presto tour?
2: It was Roll the Bones. Oh wow. Oh know, yeah. One after. And then um you know at the time my mom was was painting nails as a second job. She was like a paralegal secretary, but then she got into like being a manicurist for a minute. I don't know how. And when she worked there, she had this friend and her her fiance or boyfriend was like a local drummer, like a rock dude. And we started one day we swung by the house and just in their living room he just had this massive kit and records and all this shit. And I was like, yo, that's cool. And only at the time I'd really played my school band stuff. So I started hitting around on it and that's like um around the time when I was like, yeah, I gotta get a drum set, you know, like I got into it. And then this guy's name was Tommy O'Donnell and my mom would drive me there like once every week or two for a while. And she would like smoke cigarettes and drink coffee with like the woman in the kitchen, and me and Tommy would go and like jam on his kit you know like and he that guy kind of taught me how to like play drums like drum kit, you know, and I learned playing it by like he would put on records and like play along, and then like i 'd watch and then he would like try to show me how to do it, you know, <laughs> and that 's why like technically i'm a pretty bad drummer you know i've been working on it for a long time, but like <laughs> You know, I definitely, like, I'm good at playing in bands, you know, (laughs) because, like, that's, like, all I've done with drums is just, like, played along with other stuff, you know. Um, But that's what we would do, and this guy, like, taught me how to do it for a while, and then it hit a point where, like, we were kind of running the same course, and, like, I didn't get, like, as good as him, but he couldn't teach me much because he was not, like, a trained guy, you know. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, dude, I have no idea what happened to the guy. Honestly, it's it's a weird thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I saw him at an Omar Hakim drum session, drum clinic about two years later. Sam Ash and wow. Edison said, "What's up?" And I have no idea what happened to the guy. But I owe him a lot. I wish he knew.
3: You ever done a drum clinic?
0: Nah, no.
2: They had me, like me playing Zeppelin covers. Like <laughs> <laughs> I I've,
3: I've only been to one drum clinic, and it was Terry Bazio. Oh, I mean that's. <laughs> that's a good one to and see. he was like I had cymbals hooked up to my feet and like <laughs> it was like so crazy like he was just talking and I was just like that's, that's awesome yeah
2: yeah. I haven't been to many I did just get asked recently to be a judge in one of the guitar center like drum off things but I was gonna be on tour for like two of the weekends I had to be there so I couldn't do it I was stoked to do it though yeah. I was gonna do it I was gonna take the one groove rock kid and just <laughs> give him the give him the gold <laughs>
1: We had one of those winners here, actually, from that thing. Oh, you had one of the winners Yeah, we have a sort of, Rubber Tracks has a partnership with Guitar Center kind of. Was it
3: Chris Enriquez? No. He was doing some names. There's There's
2: that one guy, too, who played, he was playing in Suicidal Tendencies. Last time I saw him at a festival, that guy was one of the Guitar Center winners, too. And he was, you know, stick tricky, like did all the spinnies. A lot of
1: spinnies.
2: <laughs> a lot of spinnies. It's a show.
0: I never went to a drum clinic, but I stood behind Josh Fries and watched him play with the Vandals once. So I feel like. It's I've... basically a drum clinic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's where you stare and you go, what? No. No, do that again. Do that one more time. Slow it. Damn. <laughs> Watch what I'm going to do here. When did you start playing drums? Oh, I was terrible. Uh, I was probably 10. Oh, this is real? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know you played yeah, like yeah, that. Stephen plays drums. <laughs> yeah, yeah Steven I was Yeah, but I'm an awful I was a, a terrible, terrible drummer. Oh, because like you know how that thing you just said about when you find something, you know that's not work. You know you pursue it. I hated practicing, so okay. I just I stopped playing. But I like playing with people. But that thing in between where you get better, right? It's never, never stopped. Never took. That. But I did have a teacher who, um, you, he still does clinics and plays about. I haven't talked to him in thirty years, but he devoted an entire lesson to spinning sticks. Oh no! And I was like. <laughs> Well, why are we doing this and he went well you know it's part of it. it's a show and i was like okay and i had to learn how to put it and do the whole time you thing and spin it around like this was
3: i wish was our listeners could day. see benny's face right now just the, <laughs> the dis- frustration disgust <laughs> the disgust is the one and just i'll, <laughs> sigh, I'll sigh really loud in here <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking christ i, see, I get made fun of that at home a lot because i do the disapproving <laughs> <laughs> wave of the head and a sigh a lot. If I hate something, I'm just like,
0: <sighs> "It's honest, huh? It's honest. It's yeah. too honest.
2: That's <laughs> why people think I'm a dick sometimes."
0: No.
3: Uh, how did you meet Brian?
2: Yeah, it's pretty random actually. Like, i I was um I was playing a band called Killing Gift with Alex uh, for a long time. Alex was Amelia. And that band broke up And I was still living in New Brunswick And I was just working I was already doing Spiro Agnew a little Because Spiro Agnew started from the end The Killing Gift like. Um, and then I was doing this other band With my buddy Matt Hake, who, who was writing some songs And we were just messing around and So I was kind of floating a little And um, Jay Who partially owned XOXO Records With his, with his ex-wife They um, I know him from back in the day in, like, the hardcore scene. We used to play in bands together, and, you know, he knew what my story was. And he signed uh, Brian's band called This Charming Man. And uh, Brian put out that record. They did one tour, and I guess, like, it kind of didn't go well with some of the dudes, and he, like, fired his bass player and drummer after. Or they qu- I don't really know exactly what happened. And um, So he was looking for a new bass player and drummer, and he got Alex Levine, Because he was like his brother in law, and didn't want him to quit, and like just wanted someone he could like really count on, you know, and that. (laughs) So that was in place, and then Jay was like, "Yo, listen to these songs. Like, what do you think? Do you want to go jam?" And I remember listening to songs online, and I was at this weird crossroads of music because you know, I um, I'd for years, like probably a decade, been in bands where like every review of the band was like, "Yo, music's good." don't like the singer. Like, that was always every band I ever had, pretty much. <laughs> and it got got so used to it, almost. like. And I, I thought I had some rad singers through the days, you know, but, like, it just it wasn't anything that could ever, like, make me play music for a living, you know what I mean? Which is always what I wanted to do. And, you know, I heard those songs, the This Charming Man songs, and you know, automatically, they might not be exactly, like, what was in my wheelhouse, but, like, I loved, I was listening to, like, Brian's voice and melody. I'm like, wow, like, that kid's good. Like, he can, I'm like, that's, like, proper good. Like, I don't know anybody who knows how to do that, kind of, you know? And uh, so I was interested, you know? And I went up and I played with them and jammed. Um, and it went cool. He asked me to be in it. Believe it or not, I actually was like, oh, you know, let me let me give it a day to, like, mull it over. Like, I was, like, <laughs> one of them. And I remember I was at a Labor Day barbecue in, uh in Highland Park, actually, Andy Diamond and his friends always do this barbecue, and I made some calls, and I remember, like, sitting there by Raritan River, and just when I called Brian, be like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it, you know, like, I'm in, and then at first, we just played, like, this Charming Man songs, and then start started writing, and did, like, one tour with this kid, Mike, who was the old guitar player, and that kind of didn't flush out, and that's when I was like, yo, Alex, like, it's my dude he's awesome (laughs) you know like you'll love it and he came in and that's when like Gaslight like
3: proper started. Did Sink or Swim come together pretty quickly?
2: Yeah I mean some of those songs on Sink or Swim are already like getting hashed out like even when it was sort of this charming man a little bit you know some of them and then you know we did that demo like we pushed the demo for a long time we had that three song um, you know just burning CDs and pushing around and trying to get shows the normal thing but the whole time we were doing that we were writing and getting ready and the thing was at first was we we were sort of signed to eyeball records and uh we went in to the studio to do our record with eyeball and it was just a fucking disaster like it, i guess it would have been like sink or swim you know a year before sink or swim got made would have been that record and it was didn't go well with the producer with the playing it was just like super serious studio and it wasn't coming out like anybody wanted it and it was a little tenuous <laughs> I'll say so like the whole thing got shelved they I've just, heard it
3: You've I, heard that? Uh, yeah. Really? yeah.
2: Savedra played it for you? Yeah
3: And mm. it's weird it's like some of some of the Sink or Swim stuff but it's like it almost sounds like some of it kind of metally like tones it's yeah. like it's, it's really yeah it's not what I expected no, it, it was not like the way it, was, it wasn't supposed to go the way yeah, it was yeah. going and yeah,
2: that's one I of the reasons it stopped producer actually ended up walking out of it and alex from eyeball like kind of told brian like you can either like try this record with us getting you a band or like your deals like no good anymore pretty much and brian like stuck with us you know like pretty easy decision i think for him i mean i don't know you could ask him maybe it was hard uh, <laughs> i don't think so though <laughs> and um <laughs> and yeah and like and and that's what happened with that and then jay who was doing xoxo records called us like a day or two later he's like yo i like believe in you dudes i'll put out the record like don't care and alex just released us that's so. that's how like the whole thing started but yeah i didn't know brian and or alex levine until that day i went up to like practice with them yeah it turns out back in like the early 2000s brian booked a show at a moose lodge in Hackettstown that the Low End Theory, my old band, played. And we didn't put that together until like two years into the band that he like booked my old band and we actually like played a show together back in the day. But that did happen.
0: (laughs) And then how quickly did you guys get on side one?
2: Uh, It was was a little while. Yeah, Uh a couple years actually because we did the record on on XOXO and we started touring, like, super heavy even before that record came out. We hit the road and then we got hooked up with Against Me and, like, Sabbat with Jordan Kleeman and, um, they put out that Signior and the Queen 7-inch. That's amazing. Thanks, man. Uh, and that was, like, that, I think, was when, like, you know, because then we got on an Against Me tour and he had, like, proper distro and stuff. That actually helped us get to, like, Europe because Sabbat had a hook up with Gunner Records and Germany and, Um, and Resist Records in Australia which both picked up Sink or Swim and put it out and we toured both of those places on Sink or Swim so like that actually helped us a lot like through the years that we went to those places early we were only able to go because of those you know hookups so that was huge for us and then after that side one came around like it's that was when like it was like buzzy like Gaslight was all like buzzy you know (laughs) everyone's like ooh Cool. And, uh, you know, so we had a few choices during that time, you know, and side one was just rad, like cool dudes. Easy.
0: Joe's just a great, great dude.
2: Yeah. No, we always love the vibe. Like, you know, and it's still cool with us and them. There's like nothing weird. We
0: we were doing, we were out on Warp Tour and uh, it was the the launch of Warp Tour that year. And Joe had 59 sound, but just like one burn copy. Uh. And... And I remember going up to him, and I was like, yeah, I, you need to give me that record <laughs> immediately. And he went, well, I just had one copy from some other guy. And He was like, just get that. And he went and <laughs> grabbed it, and I stuck it in. We got a van because we were following, you know, all the, we were shooting and we were following all the buses. And I just had it on repeat the whole time, and I wouldn't let anyone change it. <laughs> <laughs> just kept going and going and going and going and going. And, and my wife went, this is the record that a lot of bands have been trying to write. Cool. It's just, I mean, it's such That's a, a nice thing to say. Uh, she's got a little bit of an ear. <laughs> yeah. And it's so good. It was just fun because Joe was like, you have to hear this. And I'm like, well, then go get it. And he's like, okay. <laughs> and then we have it. It was on, a, I don't know if I still have it. It's just like a blank. There's nothing on it. That's cool. And it was the full 59 sound. Such a wonderful record. Thanks. It's fun seeing you guys all over the place touring after
3: that. And you guys came on the rock show, I remember. Mm-hmm. You guys oh, yeah, came yeah. on And then you played A generation that night mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah I forgot yeah. about that That was fun Playing generation Yeah I was up front Which was lucky Because I felt like If you were not up front I was like in a t-shirt rack Basically <laughs> yeah. But it was like The only place you could yeah, see Yeah yeah yeah
2: That's. I remember like When we walked down there We're like
3: Where are we playing? They have a stage Sort like, of set up now Oh they do But they didn't At that point No we were Yeah, yeah. we were like
2: I was like firmly tucked in Like the <laughs> You know the Between what do they have They're like damn t-shirts and Stuff like that And that show is fun, though. I get claustrophobic at shows like that, though. I worry. Really? I'm like, if something goes down, I'm literally last person back against the wall. Like, you know, because I'm always in the back of the room. And, uh, you know, what, uh, just something went down. You know, fire. Things yeah. happen. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Ceiling collapse. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm fucked. But it would be cool. <laughs> I've thought about this, though. And <laughs> I'm actually partially... Stoked on potentially dying on stage. Like, that could be rad. Yes. You know, like, we've gone up to play shows before where it's like a crazy lightning storm. People are like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, come on. Like,
1: you ready to go? I'm like, well, <laughs> you, I mean, could be worse. I would take
2: maybe an early departure for being struck by lightning while playing drums on stage. Yeah. It's badass, you know? And especially if someone just gets a sick pre body burning flick of it. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. I mean, cameras are amazing these days. I'm it's sure. True. It's true. As
0: Stephen showed us prior yeah. to this. With the iPhone 5S. Today's show is sponsored not by Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw the... Remember the band The Beat Farmers? No. Hell yeah, uh, man. Country Dick. Either. Country Dick. I, I love saw, the beat farmers. I saw Country Dick play a week before he died. Really? Yeah. And this guy was a drummer and he died on stage. Yeah. He had a heart attack and boom, boom Oh, and he, he was there. a
2: heart. Here here I did it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Hard party. You. you gotta knock him. <laughs> <laughs> Is
3: there any wood in this studio? <laughs> She rocked. Oh, yeah. here we go. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: Fuck
3: <Yes>. me. <laughs> Bad
2: move. <laughs> Maybe if you tempt fate like that, then it's like, oh, that's too easy. <laughs> if fate is conscious like that, I don't think so. Yuck. I don't know. That's okay. a whole nother conversation, fate, isn't it, <laughs> yeah I feel like we could get deep, though. If we weren't on like a podcast and we would like kind of be boring people, like a TED talk or something, I feel like we could get down. I see no reason not to. Yeah. Maybe we turn off the mics after this. We do a J. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> then you guys would all have a great conversation, and I would be asleep on the floor because with
2: some uh, what's, what would be like your go-to munchy snack?
3: Oh, it's a think? wonderful question. Oh man, like that's, a waffle fry? I'm into no. nachos. Nachos are good.
2: Any like specific places nachos? Because I know not every cho is good, you know. Yeah, that is um, true. Taco Bell or something. Pathetic (laughs) or game nachos. Hate game nachos. Really? Yeah. I kind
3: of like, I I mean, like, I have ones I like more than other ones, but in that state, like, you put anything in front of me generally. That's true. Dude,
1: I was in in Tokyo and they had these, they looked exactly like regular waffles, but they had ice cream in them and like a thin layer of chocolate. Ooh. And, I fucking got a box every single night <laughs> <laughs> on the way home. <laughs> that's awesome. They were very good. Yeah,
0: I, didn't, I ate an incredible amount of candy, so it's hard. You got
2: the sweet tooth? Yeah. Yeah, see, yeah, I, I can't rough. do
0: that. Like, yeah, I don't go sweet as much. I can grab, but, uh, you know, yesterday I did eat half a bag of salt and vinegar potato chips, so it, it goes different avenues, yeah. you know? And then they combine them at Trader Joe's with the milk chocolate covered potato chips. That's, be, really? That happens? Yeah, oh yeah, mm-hmm. Are the yeah. chips still salty? Oh yes, I like that. It's so, a so
2: wonderful. Yeah, I like that. the the
1: pretzel. I'm into that salty sweet thing like yep. that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I
2: like like that salted caramel ice cream. You ever had something like uh, that? Um, that right. drives me crazy. Oh. Not into it. No, I can't oh, I deal with the salt.
0: No, we John and I have discussed this many times at um Otto, this uh, restaurant, one of what's his face's Battali's Batali. joints uh-huh. on on Eighth. I went there one time and somebody ordered. Olive oil, oil, sea salt, ice cream, which upon first hearing you go... Is it gelato
3: or ice cream?
0: Might be gelato. I think it's olive oil, gelato. Gelato, yeah.
3: Yeah. And I was like, this
0: is horrific. And it's like, but fuck it, it's ice cream, I'll try it. And in the middle, it's just ice cream around like a hollow point, just full of sea salt. Oh. And... It's divine. And whoever it's it, it's, dude, that, it's, it's so good. Huh, it's that like first, $12 and so good. It's that first <laughs> time I ever heard about like food combining where, you know, the job of the chef is to take different things and know how they're going to work together yeah, yeah, yeah. on your tongue and taste buds. And <laughs> I was horrified to hear it and then tried it. I was like, this is really give me more of this because there's, there's no chocolate involved, which is what I'm all about. And salt and ice cream, like, mm-hmm. and then olive oil, gelato, wasn't into, but.
3: I feel like a, a lot of the guests we've had from Jersey talk about, especially your like the grease trucks. Was that yeah. a thing that you were into or
2: not? Oh, yeah. Like, I yeah? got a sandwich named after me. Really? Yeah. yeah. I'm like that deep into the grease what's trucks. What's your yet. sandwich called and what's it's on it? It's called the Fat Veggie Benny,
3: <laughs> obviously.
2: And it's, um, it's Portobello mushrooms, mozzarella sticks, fried eggplant, um, ranch dressing. And potatoes. Whoa. That sounds incredible. Where? Yeah. where, where? It's at uh, Paulie's Pizza on Easton Ave, which was my old job. And I actually worked there when they introduced the fat sandwich menu, which is why I got to like create my own. Usually, in order to get your own sandwich, you got to eat three straight. That's how you get your own sandwich. Like, that's how Fat Daryl got the Fat Daryl. You have to house three straight truck sandwiches, and then you can name your
3: own. <laughs> Wow, I will deal. never have my own sandwich, I don't
2: think. <laughs> no, dude, no. I, there might have been a time in my life I could have pulled it off, yeah. I regretfully, because mm-hmm. I used to go sometimes, do two, and then go to Thomas Sweets, so <laughs> mm-hmm. I got to assume I probably could have shoved the third one down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I took the more righteous route, mm-hmm. but the cool thing is, the guy sold the place, he sold Paulie's to somebody else, and they kept the veggie Benny on the menu. Yeah. Nice. yeah it's a mainstay. Are you veggie, nice. I am. Okay. How
0: long? Uh, almost 19 years. Right on. And what what prompted the the shift? Just
2: yeah, just straight like love and empathy for animals. When I was a kid, you know what I mean. Like that's there was no like real more more than that. You know, I was like the little kid who I like adopted. I used to do the Adopt a Whale Foundation, and (laughs) you'd adopt a whale every year. You you know, they don't come to your house. They just like, (laughs) you know, they... Thank you
0: for clarifying.
2: Yeah, you know, the boats follow them around, make sure they're not getting poached, take pictures when there's a sighting and send it to you, like, which is cool. You know, I used to like donate money to like World Wildlife Federation and stuff like that. I was just into it. And it it was kind of odd. Like most people get into being vegetarian through punk rock and like actually being into animal rights was part of my like attraction to punk rock. Mm Mm-hmm. 'Cause it kinda like predated it a little bit. And I had a couple slip ups when I was a kid, you know. I remember going to the Somerville Street Fair, me and my boy Steve Lawson, we were like they just had those like, you know, good sausage and peppers and onion sandwiches, like good <laughs> bread. And we both we pulled like the, you know, I won't tell, you don't tell <laughs> kind of deal, you know? Like But we were like twelve, you could do it then. And then I had a brief cafeteria cheeseburger phase, like right at the beginning, freshman of high school but about a month after that, that's when I've I've been ever since. So yeah. And then through the years it's, it's changed. You know what I mean? Like I'm an adult and I don't just look at like a chicken and go, Oh, you know, like I don't have just that like straight empathy for it. And it actually led to like a couple years ago, kind of me, I kind of like faced up to it again. And I was like, wait, why am I doing this still? You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, it's too big of a sacrifice if you don't like believe in it anymore. And like, you know, and um I kind of started thinking about it, and you know, I, I did come back to the fact that I'm going to stay vegetarian, but it really came down more to the process at this point now. Like, I don't trust the safety of right. what's happening, and I think how it's happening is just truly disgusting. And now that's like that's where I find my like, you know, my balance with it. Um, but I have a new policy. Which is if I'm in like a really unique place in a certain, you know, unique cultural situation where food is often a part of that, I'll take a bite of something if it's like a real regional delicacy or something like that. And I've done that the last couple of years, you know, took like a little bite of sushi in Japan. It took like a little bite of uh dog in Vietnam, a little dog, <laughs> little dog. I did like Kangaroo in Australia, stuff, weird stuff like that. I hate most of it, but, you know, <laughs> tried it. Because I actually, that tour that, am I allowed to say that the the fellow was here or is that like DL? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can say All
3: right, whatever you so want. So
2: Jaded Punk Hulk was here. Yes, he was. We were chatting. And uh, wait, what was this going to bring up? Oh, and I went on tour with a band from Staten Island called The Cable Car Theory, which impresses the hulk which i'm glad yeah i've seen he, him write about he that he takes a lot. it easy
3: on me because of it which is nice you know i mean at least he takes it easy on someone in your band nah
2: him and <laughs> they're so in love <laughs> with each other <laughs> it's hilarious um but uh on that tour we played some tiny little show in spain we played to like six people and we stayed with the kid who promoted it and his mom like in this little house in spain we get there at like one in the morning She pulls out just this beautiful tray. It wasn't like traditional empanada; it was like a empanada casserole, and it was beef, like fresh beef. Thing was beautiful, you know. It smelled amazing, and I didn't have any. And like, I've like almost I've thought about it and regretted it like ever (laughs) since. And she didn't understand why I was eating it and took it as kind of being rude. And I hated it. It's been bothering me ever since. So that's like one of the reasons that I. you know installed my new policy into my vegetarian guidelines it- and now like i said I've, i got 19 years in it like i don't give a fuck what anybody like thinks about what i'm doing you know what i mean This it's a personal choice it's a personal goal and yeah set my own rules fuck you, you know? <laughs> Right? know <on>. uh, yeah <laughs> It took a while to achieve this
0: righteousness, but yeah. <laughs> self righteousness. It's, it's deserved righteousness. Thanks very right much. You're not. You're I not. was just
2: looking up. I'm sorry to cut you off, but have you ever looked up Peter Norman, like the little white guy who finished third oh, when they yeah. stuck their black power fist up mm-hmm. at the Olympics?
3: Have you ever heard about this guy? No. I, I watched
2: yeah, the- like I was thinking about this the other day. I saw a picture of it. It was what, John Carlos and. I forget the name of the other runner, but the two American sprinters uh-huh. who, you know, did the black power fist. And then I'm looking, I'm like, who's this little guy? This little white guy down there. Like I have no idea who this guy is. And obviously this was his like pinnacle moment in life. I mean he's he's a runner who just meddled in the Olympics. You know what I mean? Like this must have been his his life's work, his achievement. And all he's known as is like Little white guy in that picture. In the background. <laughs> so I was wondering, So I looked him up, he's an Australian, was an Australian track star who was so righteous about it that he borrowed, I forget what the committee was called, but it was like the Olympic Committee for Equal Rights or something. And he took a badge from another athlete and put it on before he went to the podium and was like really cool and righteous and down for the whole thing to the point that he died in 2006. And both of those guys, the runners like came and spoke at his funeral and stuff like that.
0: Wow. Yeah. Their medals that
2: the were, picture? Oh, yeah. Their medals were taken yeah. away. Peter Norman. <laughs> Respect, you know? Yeah. Respect to Norman. He treated. He did it well. What was the other racer's name? John Carlos and... What's the other guy?
3: Carlos Smith? John Is Smith John the other
2: one? John Carlos. John Carlos. Yeah, there was a documentary on them I saw Tommy on HBO. Smith. Yeah, Tommy
0: Smith. That was yeah. the other one. Because they, they lost their medals because of that. They did? Yeah. Really? Yeah, pretty sure. They... Um, because it said politics has no place, and oh uh, yeah, you're not Olympics supposed to, right? Kind of stuff, and that's why you know in the last Olympics, <laughs> you know the Syrians were there, you know, and and running and part of the whatever families in power showing hmm. how
3: versed I am. <laughs> In yeah, there's nothing nationalistic about the Olympics.
0: No, nothing at all. And they don't they don't <laughs> displace people or <laughs> cause any problems or no, they're a great organization. They're awesome. Today's show is sponsored by the Olympics. And cynicism. <laughs> and cynicism.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we introduce the Cynicism Olympics on this show. Maybe yeah. you guys could do like a ten question <laughs> panel to see who's the most cynical, like a cynical Dude. And, and I, then
3: give medals. I feel the incredibly whole thing. confident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, was What talking, are your Vegas odds? Like going before? Oh my god! I think the Michael
0: I, Phelps of cynicism.
2: I, Jonah Bear? Is I think here I'm the front runner.
3: Someone was talking about love the other day. I was like, eh. and they're like, what? And I was like, I think it's a thing they use just, like to sell movies and Hollywood and stuff. And like, dude, are you serious? And I'm like, well, yeah. I mean, right? And. No one was with you. No, no one was with me. <laughs> but it's like that, yeah. Except one girl with her Sylvia Plath book with
0: eyeballs. She's like, from...
3: Yes, Jonah.
0: That's my
2: girl. Yeah, right.
3: yeah that, is, that is what every girl wants to hear.
2: <laughs> there's, there's some miserable girls out there being through that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe you need to find like a like a girl who reads Tolstoy and just like, you know, there's, yeah. there's some girls with some darkness. You can, you can get into it.
1: I hope so. Dark girls. <laughs> it's just what you need. It is. <laughs> That'll help it is. the neuroses. Yeah, yeah.
2: Maybe I, you know, I feel like the darkness in me comes from my Russian side. I think there's yeah. something dark about the Russian people and yeah. their outlook on things, pretty, pretty bleak. You know, so maybe you need, maybe you need a Russian lady.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, I and think you I'm said
2: Russian, you're yeah. already an
0: Ashkenaz. I mean, yeah, I have that yeah, connection that's true. That you is true. You rocked the beard for a bit. You had the Rasputin thing going on.
2: Yeah. I don't know. I want to go to Russia, but I'm scared. You gotta be honest, I am. I want to go like find never- like where my grandfather's from. He's from this like tiny little area, and I want to see it. But I'm
0: nervous. Worried about getting arrested for hooliganism. Just anything, like place. <laughs>
1: you know, it's crazy sometimes. It's so weird how it chilled out for a while. Now it's kind of back to like the ooh, they're evil again. I had a friend that I, I always thought it'd be cool to go to Moscow or whatever. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine went recently. like, You don't have to go. Don't worry about it. You had a terrible, terrible time. Uh, Yeah. You got, like... I mean, the police, like, basically wouldn't let him leave the country until they paid him off and stuff. Yeah. Oh, so it was, like, Tijuana. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, the police, like, it is... You know any band who decides to if you want to I mean most bands wait till they get to a certain point mm-hmm. you fly to Moscow fly to St Petersburg and fly out right. like that's what most bands do but like the ones who do try to rip it through vans and stuff like that like you gotta pay your way through Russia like right. that's you know that's, guys have done that I haven't done that no, I mean but, you know people yeah done that. yeah wow there that's... are bands that do that for Whoa. sure especially like bands from Europe you know mm. especially more Eastern Europe like they'll they're bold
3: what's the most dangerous place you've ever played like the place where you felt the most in danger like like of like like, the city or like the actual like place i was in i guess like the place you were in like because i know like i know bands have gone to like mexico city or places where it's like you need bodyguards and that type of stuff yeah
2: i mean you know nothing where it was like gnarly
3: yeah honestly I can't
2: I can't say I've ever been to a place and been like, fuck, like we might not get out of here or like right. something crazy like that. But to our I mean, credit or discredit, however you want to look at it, like we haven't been incredibly bold in the places <laughs> we go. Like we really have been sticking to the same places and we haven't broadened out. We haven't really done Eastern Europe. We haven't done South America, we haven't done Mexico. And um you know, I think these things are in the cards for the future, but like yeah, we haven't gone to any of those places yet. So a
0: lot of bands have like a good experience the first time they go to South America because they're shocked at the venue size, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the the amount of people that go there, and then yeah. you, you know you worry about the graft and the promoters and how much the people, how much you're getting versus who paid to get it. Yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. And
2: I mean, I don't feel that's. I mean, if you ask me, like my personal opinion is that, like, I don't think there's any safer way you could go to these places than going with a band. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's literally people who are like. Paid and hired to make sure you don't die right, while yeah. you're there. You don't get <laughs> kidnapped while you're there. Right. Like if I went as like a normal tourist, I feel like I'd be much more vulnerable right. than I would in the band setting. Um, you know, safety in safety and numbers and all that stuff. Right. I think the scariest experience we ever had. We had a couple early on. We had a couple gaslight brawls. There were some fights that happened within the band. Or no, with, no, okay. with other people. Um, but one time. <laughs> We were staying at this house in. We played this terrible show in Ybor City in you know, which is like that little uh, Cuban section of Tampa, St. Pete, and played a tiny bar show, like six people. And the kid from the other band offered us a place to stay, his house. First, the kid loses us on the highway. Goes about one hundred ten miles an hour in his pickup <laughs> truck. Totally loses us. We're in the van. Eventually, find the place. The kid is already in his room, fucking his girlfriend doesn't even let us in you know what i mean like we're just like poking around like trying to figure out what to do and we walk in and there's just these two guys who are his roommates and they were just like rippers dude like white trash rippers one guy's name is rex no shirt big ponytail like they're just ripping and there's some guy in the other room who won't show his face who's just yelling from the other room don't touch my fucking jaeger Don't touch my fucking Jaeger. And then like Rex is asking if we have like drugs. He's like, if someone gives me a painkiller, I'll make you grilled cheese sandwiches. This I swear to God I couldn't make this stuff up. There is this like huge great dane. That was like, just kept sniffing us and it wasn't <laughs> friendly. It was just weird. And the night just got weirder and weirder. And then eventually the guy yelling from the other room comes out with the Jaeger and starts shoving it in people's faces. You know what I mean? Like, drink the fucking Jaeger. Drink the Jaeger. And, you know, Brian doesn't drink, especially not Jaegermeister. have beer here and there. And he's like, nah, dude. And I'm like, all right, I'll take it for you, you know? And it was, it was massively uncomfortable. And we ended up... <laughs> <laughs> um, we had like our pile of stuff in the middle of this living room like in the middle and we were all sleeping like head on with like legs out like all four of us like that mm-hmm. and then I woke up at like and I'm always the first to wake up in gaslight and I woke up at like 5.30 in the morning kicked everyone I'm like get the fuck out of here, here? <laughs> like, I'm driving get in the van <laughs> the fuck out of this town uh, <laughs> that was a crazy yeah. situation it was, that that night, I was like, "Yeah, like this is sketch. Like these dudes are not cool." <laughs> I never even saw that dude who invited us to his house. Like he never even like appeared again. <laughs> Could have jumped out his window. I would had no idea. <laughs> yeah,
0: that was a trip. Where you guys on the? Uh, where are you with on the next record? Uh, we got like
2: got like three or four songs that are like full band, pretty much mapped out and done you know we have a lot of rehearsal to do and then Brian's got a million ideas and we're starting to piece things together right now like you know he hit that you know we watch it happen every record where he like goes through this process of finding something and then when he finds it it's just like like butter like it just goes you know and there's like just so much
0: stuff a lot of stuff how involved is he with you with the drums on the songs
2: you know this coming into this record is the most he's ever been by far like usually i'm just like up to my own devices pretty much you know and gaslight like where we'd write stuff and it wasn't cuz he didn't care he was just very focused on his stuff and i guess probably trusted me to do something decent and blah blah, blah. but you know this record he's like definitely taken more of a like an approach where w- he really wants us to get on the same page before the songs written so the vibe is like exactly what he's thinking in his head you know It's definitely the most specific we've ever gotten with drums in this go-around. It's cool with me. Yeah, you dig that? Yeah, I don't mind at all. Like, you know, you know, I I have creative input in the band always with song structure and with my parts and stuff like that. But, you know, to me, any job of like a good rock and roll drummer, especially in the kind of band I'm in, is like I'm supposed to like service that song to me. You know what I mean? Like I'm supposed to like make that song just like the dopest song, like whatever beat or groove or whatever it takes to do that, even if it's not something that's like super hard or tricky or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't give a fuck about that stuff. So, so yeah, it's like whatever I can do to make the song more awesome, I'll do, you know, and I'll listen to anybody's ideas. And sometimes I get a little married to stuff that I like a lot. And that's when we'll I'll be like, maybe if... We'd hit a roadblock with something because I'll get like I'll fall in love with something, you know. But it's it's a good process. We've never really had any like problems.
1: I dig it. <laughs> Are you listening, there, all you potential drummers out there? Because I've had all you other motherfuckers <laughs> thought you could do it all. Mm, you've much. had every you've had every other drummer. <laughs> well, every other drummer. I've had drummer, yeah. so I shouldn't totally. No, you're right.
2: I, if there's any advice I could give a rock and roll but drummer, it's like, that, chill what the fuck just, out. What you just you don't said want is, to go be a singer. Pick up a fucking guitar <laughs> and go be a singer. But if you want to be a drummer, like get used to just like holding it down and doing your thing and someone else being in front. You're in the fucking back sitting down. You know? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> like, Thank you. That's what you do. <laughs> and that's not to devalue the importance of what we do, but it's like... I don't know. It's like in any good situation, like people, I think, need to stay. You got to be good within your role and not try and jump
0: out of it. You know. I joined this band in college and I'd never played drums. In a, in what a and what were they called? yeah. <laughs> wait give it to me
3: god damn they it it Stephen do this every time because it's <laughs> always funny to me lay it
0: on the ice cream socialists the
3: ice cream socialists <laughs> yes i
2: was
0: like the third drummer in the band i see what you did there yeah
3: like speaking of, yeah, <laughs> speaking
0: of <laughs> russia speaking of russia um <laughs> and i never i you know played in like fun alt rock bands and in, in, in high school but never played in like a full-on punk band and I talked to this dude, he was a guitar player, and I was like, I don't know if I should join with these guys or not, I like them, I like the songs and stuff, and he went, let me give you some advice. I went, what? And he went, don't do a fill during a guitar solo. <laughs> and I went, you're not helping me with my decision, but I'll take that to heart, and then first practice, I start playing, I'm like, first thing that comes into my head, don't do fill during the guitar solo. The guitar starts playing, I'm like, keep it going, keep it steady. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's good advice. Yeah. 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 It works out really well. Definitely. That's,
2: yeah, one of the things in, like, you know, if Gaslight was a different kind of band, maybe I'd play more or differently, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But I'm not trying to compete with like, if I'm trying to throw some, like, super funky stuff in the middle of, like, Alex's guitar lines and Brian's melodies, like,
3: there's enough melody going on, you know, like, just gotta hold it down. Mm -hmm. Do you like playing, like, the State of Love and Trust or those covers and that type of stuff as well? Depends. Yeah.
2: You know, like, State of Love and Trust, I love. Like, I was I was a sucker for the single soundtrack. I oh, listened dude, to it a million sure. oh, times. Like, so that song I didn't even have to learn when we chose, <laughs> you know? I love playing the petty songs. That's a lot of fun mm-hmm. for me. Um I always I love playing that Bob O'Reilly song, but I still always feel a little funky just because it's such an epic song and like I think we pull it off good, I do, truly, but there's always a part of me that's like Guys want to do that, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you want to dance that dance? Like, all right, it's bold. Like, you better do it good, though. You know, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> then you do um hot water too, right?
2: Yeah, we've done hot water. We mm. yeah, we've done. I don't know. We have a lot, and we've done replacement songs. We've done a Far Side song. Done like, yeah, just whatever's striking our fancy at the moment. You know, lately we've been doing We've been doing Misfits, which is fun. Been doing Ramones. The Bonzo Goes to Bitburg we've been Uh, doing. Yeah, I love that song. Yeah, that's (laughs) my favorite (laughs) favorite song probably too. Yeah, yeah. and again, it's funny. I love movies and I love that song so much because of the montage scene in School of Rock. Yeah. Like, when they're like watching all the old... Like, I get like a little... I get like a little emotional during that scene. I've got, yeah, you I've know,
0: missed you at School of Rock.
2: You know, you know the scene I I'm know talking exactly about. The scene like, you talking about, watching
0: like Keith Moon. You know, they're and watching him always... playing. He's teaching on yeah. the rock. He's got the rock tree. Yeah, it was done by I think, PJ O'Rourke. I think did that. Oh yeah. really? Oh yeah. I'm a nerd for that movie. Good it's, one. It's a very silly film, but that's the only that single Bonzo Goes to Bitburg wasn't um, uh was never released on a record. It was only released on a single in England.
2: Yeah, you know what? I had no idea. That was the case until I tried to download
3: it when we decided to cover it. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's on, uh, yeah it was on, like, what, like, Ramon's Mania? It's only
0: on Mania, and then it was released in the... Because I, I was my birthday present to me a few years ago. I bought it on eBay. Really? And it's, a, uh, I want to say Island, but, um, possibly, but the cover is what the song's about. It was Reagan laying a wreath at this cemetery where right. Nazi soldiers were buried. Right. And the song just pissed off Johnny Ramone. Mm-hmm. So that's why they made it called. they made the song be called My Brain Is Hanging Upside Down. Uh, it's Bonzo Goes instead to Bitburg. Right. Yeah. Huh. I mean it's called Bonzo Goes to Bitburg, but he made them add this thing to it. It's, hmm. ah, it's my favorite fucking it's all Joey. Yeah. That tune. Why was Reagan called Dutch? Where did that come from? Why was that his nickname?
2: I don't it's know. It's like one of those like 40s. Yeah. Was it a character in a movie? It was probably
1: like a big nickname. Oh yeah, maybe it was
3: one of his like western one of his cowboy things. I don't think I've ever seen a movie that he's actually in. He played a football player in a movie and he was called the Gipper. Ah, oh, win one for the, the Gipper? Gipper yeah. He
1: wasn't a terrible actor, actually. No. Like, considering the style of acting back then, he, he, was, yeah. he was a bad. great
3: actor in politics. Actually, was, one of the, yes, maybe the he best. Certainly he certainly was. Great
1: actor. Yeah. Oh, Lord.
3: Man, I bet you those movies suck now. <laughs> <laughs> like, no offense, but I feel like it's hard from like older movies just don't hold up, and especially like from that era, I'm sure. Well, because
1: there's that I style of acting. I got a hard time. Yeah.
3: I do. I, I'd like to be like... I always, you know, it's one of
2: those things where I'm like, I know I'm supposed to like these movies. Yeah. And I know they're classics. And I'll even occasionally buy a cheap DVD to make my collection look
0: (laughs) balanced. Right.
2: I don't like watching those movies. (laughs) Well, you got to look at it for what
0: it is. Like, if you look at the style of, like, acting in the fucking Breakfast Club, it's different than the style of acting to, like, you know, an emotional teen flick now. But if you watch... You know, Citizen Kane, Mm. which everyone's like, ah, it's the pinnacle. It's a fucking amazing movie. It's really good for what he did. But there's all kinds of, I don't know, my dad really drilled into me like old movies when I was a kid. Mm. And, you know, to discover like Buster Keaton and Chaplin, that's easier to watch because you can't hear what they're saying and you're understanding the the pantomime. Well, those are
1: so far removed sort of almost from what we expect now from the medium that it's like a different genre of entertainment, the, mm-hmm. the old silent films. Like yeah. I find, like watching those, you don't have the same expectations that you might from like a drama from the '40s, mm-hmm. where. So, I think it's, it's easier to like watch those films. But they're still like, if you sit yeah, on, tr-
2: simpler, yeah, for sure. And it was like what the viewer could handle, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what was. Just, going on and there's the like time. nothing
3: else to do sort of like you didn't not <laughs> nothing else to do but you didn't have as many options i feel like right, so right. it's like easier Movie, to be radio
0: like, tv if you can afford it yeah
3: yeah now it's just like i'm not saying that's good or bad but i feel like there was less distractions slash options lots of options now too many man I,
1: I do like to watch old comedies from like the 40s and 50s and the, yeah. the best thing about them is that they end Im- like have you like old like jerry lewis movies and stuff and like the movie goes on; it develops, blah. blah, blah. It's kind of it got this normal pacing. That all of a sudden, everybody gets married and it's over. Like in the literally in the last thirty <laughs> seconds, the movie resolves itself and they get married and it's over.
0: I, like, I like that idea. <laughs> yeah. Hitchcock Hitchcock's a good. I like entry the resolution. It's nice. Hitchcock's a good entry it's level like old movie. You know, yeah, yeah. The old Hitchcock and stuff. Because there's some. That. I just watched one recently that. Uh, Called Notorious. And it's about this rapper. It was really no different one. No, it was notorious and it was with um Ingrid, Ingrid Bergman. It was about Duran Duran. It was phenomenal. Uh, it was Ingrid Bergman and um uh <coughs> Cary Grant. And it's this fucked up thriller that just like ends horribly, but not hmm. like like psychologically horribly. Like it's just all twisted, and the acting is like anything you would see nowadays. It's notorious. just notorious. It's so notorious. You know, it's basically like you know, a woman has to spy on her husband by sleeping with him, and but she's really in love with this other guy, and there's this, like, Nazi plot, and it's Ooh. fucked up and heavy, but it's... Sounds fun. Yeah. It's a, it's a lark. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean by that? Like a bird? A lark? It's exactly like a bird. <laughs> it's a different... The plumage on it is phenomenal. <laughs> Most, is mostly this? grayscale. What is this lark? <laughs> I,
2: don't, I don't understand. <laughs> It's I I don't know. I like I like I'm starting to get into TV again now. I had like yeah. a decade break when I was just like not really living anywhere or not living anywhere nice with cable and I just kind of forgot about TV. And now the internet stuff is kind of letting me stay on top. Like what I'm you, I'm into, into the break and bad like yeah. everybody. Everybody in my band like Alex and Alex from my band went on this crazy run on tour where they were staying up to like six in the morning every night sharing an ipad just like <laughs> like that and i was like jesus christ you know and i always have that first instinct if something's like huge and everybody loves it i don't want to like it at first i'm with you you know it's yeah like, i've still never seen titanic beginning then because of that
0: you don't, you don't know? have to because it's terrible
2: <laughs> you think it's terrible it's awful what about the band? Like that's that's
0: nice. Sir, now you know it. Now you don't have to watch it.
2: They're going down with the ship, still playing tunes. You this, have
3: this fantasy. <laughs> Keep like, the fantasy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's not fantasy. It's like it's like respect. <laughs> you know, like you should be willing to go down for something, right? Yeah, yeah. No, like, uh, I'm into it. Or or what is that? I just watched that Bob Marley documentary, and when I saw he that. when he played in Africa, and like that civil war essentially broke out at his fucking concert the whole band clears the stage like everybody's terrified and there's fucking bob marley on stage dancing still like totally in just his zone doing his thing didn't care at all got off stage and told everyone i guess we know who the real revolutionaries are now (laughs) i was like you know that's pretty bold I'm a white kid from the suburbs. I want to believe in something that yeah. hard, you know? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> what uh? What else are you into TV wise? Uh, I like the Breaking Bad. I've been doing that. I like the Game of Thrones. That's fun. Have you read the books? No. Read the it's books. Daunting.
0: Out. There are too many. There are too many. Too many words. But you can skip the fourth one, literally, okay. and I mean that. Forgive me, fantasy fans, all two of you. Uh, <laughs> you could skip the fourth one, but they're good. It's 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 like the show. It's Lord of the Rings with fucking, but it's yeah like that. But he's but it's like the show. He's that guy where you're like, oh wait, you killed that person, Dick.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I've been into the family tree. You watch that? That's a great no, show, the Christopher Guest that.
0: show. Oh, it's awesome. You Christopher love it. Guest is a show. Yeah,
2: it's it, HBO. Really? Yeah. yeah, Christopher Guest. It's like the old cast of characters. Wow, like a lot of a lot of them. The but main it's, guy it's from is the British
0: guy. He's another.
2: Yeah, Chris, what's his name? Chris. He was uh, in Bridesmaids. Chris, Chris O'Dowd is the main yeah. character,
0: but the guy, the British dude from all the Christopher Guest movies, like mm-hmm. the announcer from Best in Show, Yeah, he's the one who came up with it. Oh, he is? And he did it with Christopher Guest. Oh, it's okay. A, you'd really enjoy it. Yeah, it's it that awkward awesome. kind of thing. It's fun yeah, really yeah. and good. Fred
2: Willard. I mean, anything Fred give me Willard? Jimmy Willard in anything. We got a little Ed Begley Jr., <laughs> Yeah, you know? Take it all. That show's really good, mm-hmm. and then besides for that, I just watch sports and movies pretty much. Yes, that's why I still need cable because of sports. Yeah, even though, like I was saying before, I got the MLb.com app, gave it 10 bucks, and I get the audio of any baseball game going on in America. It's so cool. So I just been been taking my dog on like these two hour walks. Like I'm like wait until seven till it's like first pitch for like all the games, and that's all. All right, we're going for the walk now, and I go out and I just listen to Mad Games and walk my dog. You you guys been
3: well? Sorry, no, you go. You know what I'm into? You should check out. I think I've talked about before the police scanner apps. Ooh. For your phone, and you can just listen in to your local police ah. scan, Ooh. or you can listen to like the hot ones. Like there's like LAPD, LA Fire, yeah. and I will just walk around and listen to those. I'm not really as into sports, but I like hearing about crime scenes. That's kind of it's sporty, yeah. And you want to know what's going on in your <laughs> neighborhood too. Yeah. Have you ever done
2: the uh the the search on your? On the computer, oh
3: like who in your neighborhood is a sex offender? Like a sex offender? I haven't done it since my new I moved three times last year. I don't know what my current neighborhood. You're like- probably pretty good, like yeah. I'd assume you're pretty good, me
2: and you, yeah. I looked mine up. Jersey City is littered <laughs> with sex offenders, like there's so many in my neighborhood. There's always this fat guy with sweatpants in the park who's yeah. like right around like the kid area, and I'm like, uh, he must be one of them. he's he- one of those
3: dots, yeah. <laughs> But I feel like you can get that. Like I feel like someone's telling me their friend got one for like urinating in public. No, nah, you can't. Like
2: anything, if you did like, if yeah, if you like, you know, showed yourself in an inappropriate manner, it would be technically classified under a sex offender. So that is that is partially Does true. Does it say what they did? No, it's just like yeah, registered, but registered not sex in Sweden.
1: Offender. You hear about Sweden? No,
0: what's that about? Oh, you can jerk off in public. Now. Yeah,
2: <laughs> is that real? Mm-hmm. You Socialists? serious?
1: Yeah. Wow. As long as you're not looking at Wait, anyone. We're the ice cream We did it anyway. As long as you're not looking at anyone. Oh my God, this is you're real. Looking this at is this real. This cannot be a real, totally real This guy on a beach got, he, he was masturbating on the beach, and the judge basically said <gasps> because he wasn't making eye contact or focusing on any one individual that it was, you know, a private act and that he was off the hook and stuff. But so they, they took
0: his phone away. Why? Because he couldn't look at that site again. Oh, I'm thinking of something <laughs> <laughs> You can do that in... They, that's been, like, legal in Japan forever. I mean, really? To masturbate in public? Oh, yeah. I had some friends live in Japan. <laughs> I don't, they said I don't he, know. He you said, know what, man? Did you try I, here, it? I, 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 Would I try to masturbate in public? No, no. I have enough problems. I don't, like gover-
3: I don't like the government interfering with stuff. Um, but I will say that that one, I think like that's, you don't want someone doing that with like kids. I feel like that can be trauma that affects other people. Yeah. Sure does. Yeah. That's like, I'm not yeah. into that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're not hurting anyone, that's cool, but that's. It, so makes, way- it would Wait. make like a parent have to answer that question yeah. like way too yeah, early that's, sometimes. Really just but you know nasty. how to get them in
0: trouble though in Sweden is if you see someone jerking off, you just run up. Feel and like, they were looking at me. And make them look at you. and Just make eye contact real quick. Yeah. yeah. And
2: go, no, you're a pervert. Or you could just say, you it, me. really. You could just go get a cop and be like, yo, this guy was grilling me, even though mm-hmm. he wasn't.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Truth. My ass is burning.
2: <laughs> I'm not in. I, yeah, I think I'm thinking with you, Jonah. Yeah. Yeah, like. You know, I'm not really, like, as libertarian as you are, apparently, but... I I mean, um, I I don't know
3: if I... I don't know. I'm
2: just... I'm I'm just... I'm I'm in the cynicism party. But that one... no one's rough. Yeah, that... There's certain things, maybe, you know, the collective subconscious of human history and stuff, like, sometimes should be able to dictate certain things you do and don't do.
0: Yeah.
2: That's where I'm kind of into socialism. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. In a way. There's certain aspects. Actually, in a lot of ways. Certain aspects of socialism that work very they well. We should fight yeah. for it harder. Yeah,
2: you know, I think socialized so.
0: medicine. Big fan of. I was talking about that big with my fan. friend this morning. That
2: I think liberals are pussies about being liberals. You know, I agree I, with that. I really want to yeah. be like that donkey heart with elephant balls. You know, mm-hmm. I like <laughs> I'm ready. Like I'm, I like I'm into that fight. Like I'm proud to be like that. You know, I'll get into it with people. I think more should. You got to be more confrontational. You got to mix pacifism with anger if you want to get
0: anything done. Hold on. I'm calling my dad right now. I think. Now. <laughs> so you need to talk to him. Why? What's he got to say about it? Oh, my dad is like retired military NRA member. Yeah. You know, so. My dude.
2: <laughs> so that's what's odd about it. I bet me and him have more in common, even though we don't politically have it in common. Because he sounds like kind of a badass. Wait, I just... Called myself a bad. I'm not a badass at all. <laughs> I don't... I, like, I carried a knife once for, like, a month. Got into a precarious situation. Realized I would never use it and never carry it Realized it would
3: probably be used against you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
2: I thought I was protecting myself by putting it in there. And then I... It was kind of scary, actually. I. I lost... I didn't lose... Well, yeah, I sort of lost my license for like a year and a half and it was just from a massive amount of tickets i got and i had 14 points on my license when i was 21 and like my insurance went up to over seven thousand dollars a year so i had to take my car off the road you know what i mean and i was a public bus and walking guy for a couple years there till i sorted that out
0: 15 uh, by 23 huh 15 points by 23 i was in the same boat 15, oh, yeah. 15 points 15 by points, 23. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah. Yeah, I've been in traffic school seven times.
2: You know, I used to work, you know, at the Targum <laughs> in New Brunswick, and I was living in Highland Park at the time, and my job was at night. Like, I was the night production manager, maybe just a paginator at the time. And so I'd get off of work anywhere between one and three in the morning. You know, you walk through like the decent part of New Brunswick, it wasn't a sketchy walk. Highland Park was not sketchy at all, but you had to cross the bridge. And like, there's kind of a methy sort that hang out under the bridge often, you know, and like right when I was walking by one night, there's like seven of them, hollow-eyed, just like so dead to humanity in their, you know, fucked up state, and like I'm like approaching them, like I had nowhere else to go, you know, and I was like, fuck, I gotta gotta go through, you know, and I put my jersey, the jersey swagger, you know, when you're in that situation, get your head up, you know, make sure. <laughs> Make sure you don't look, you know, look like a clown. And like, luckily they didn't say anything. But I like gasped for air right after I crossed the bridge. I was like, "All right, got away with that one." And then I'm like looking in my pocket. I'm like, "Oh my god, I was never would have stabbed one of those meth addicts. No chance. There's no chance. I would have been thrown over a bridge before I ever did that."
0: And if you're playing drums, that would have been fine.
2: Well. <laughs> Wow, that'd be some Tommy Lee shit if you managed to get thrown off a bridge while playing drums. <laughs> Bet he could do it. <laughs> he does cool stuff like that, don't they? Build out. I heard doesn't he have like a big swinging drum set going on in Motley Crue shows right now?
1: Yeah, it's so like he, totally tendulous? suspended in
2: air. Like he's just really like, yeah, that guy's crazy. They should see if he could survive going over Niagara Falls yeah. <laughs> with his drum kit. Yeah, just a giant barrel <laughs> with a drum set inside. <laughs> The guy's dying for attention. I mean, let's do it. <laughs>
1: let's maybe it. you should bring
2: it up. Maybe you should have a show. Send Tommy Lee over Niagara Falls. I'll start a Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh.
2: You know it's funny? Like five minutes ago I was feeling hyped. I'm like, yeah, you know, we should be good liberals and stuff like this. And I'm like, maybe we should do something. And now it quickly turned to a Kickstarter to get Tommy Lee to go over Niagara Falls. <laughs> oh, it's all barrel. about that balance, yeah. man. Dude, you, that's It's all right about there. it. It is.
0: Crowdfund it.
2: It's my choice, bro.
0: So if you're a drummer, take what he said, put it to good use, because there are going to be people in bands like Brad, and that's what they want to hear.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? Let me, let me put it a little simpler. If you're a drummer, um, get a, your chisel and hammer and your tablet out and <laughs> chisel down some notes. <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it, because you motherfuckers have tortured me for decades, and there's three of you that maybe don't deserve that, and you know who you are, and I'll include Benny in that. There's four.
0: People don't realize that there are drummers that... that Why there are so many drummer jokes.
1: Yeah. Well, and only- try playing in a band, and you'll figure it out real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I played with a really, really nice guy one time who was really cool, really fun to hang out with, and he, like, contributed a lot. I'm not going to say his name, but... I just woke up one day and realized he was a terrible drummer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, that's what happens. You can't you can't bottle the crazy with drummers. Yeah. It's just out there. No it's all true. Well, Benny Rules for hanging out with us. We've been trying to get him in for a while and we're big fans of that band. If you are fans of this here podcast, go on to goingofftrack.com. If you want to send some dough, click the donate button. We will receive it and we'll be very thankful for it. And at some point, I might even share it with the rest of the guys. Uh, If you don't want to give us any money, that's cool too. Thanks for listening. If you want to send us... Just remember
1: us in your prayers. Yes. So we ask.
0: Yes, because prayer, it's a nice way of thinking you're doing something when you're really not doing anything uh, <laughs>
1: how do you really feel about
0: that? Uh, if you want to send us a message maybe comment on what i just said <laughs> go to facebook.com slash going off track uh, we read them and sometimes we even write back actually every time we like hearing from people uh, we're at going off track for the twitter uh, man jonah's been writing some killer stuff for vice and brad's just been rocking and rolling rubber tracks mike's producing Here we are. I'm doing this. And I read a lot. It's fun.
1: You're doing a really good job, Stephen. Thank you. See you next week.